High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Uh, tonight I want to continue and will try my best to complete a message that I started three weeks ago on Wednesday night called Living Free. How many of you were here uh, last time I shared on Wednesday night? Uh, since then, of course, Pastor Micah shared the following Wednesday, and then Pastor Joshua was here this past Wednesday and uh, ministered and uh, and then, of course, I was in. Uh, we were in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Had a very, very powerful service. I didn't say anything about it on Sunday, but we had a great service up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, I mean, the Lord moved in a very, very powerful way. Uh, also, I just thought I would mention that uh, if you weren't here on Sunday, please go to our Facebook page or go to YouTube and listen to the message that Pastor Joshua preached this past Sunday morning. How many of you were here and got to hear it? I'm telling you, that was a very, very powerful. Powerful, powerful message on Thanksgiving producing miracles in your life. And I would encourage you to listen to that message, really devour it, absorb it. It was a very enlightening and encouraging message. And so I really encourage you to grab hold of those truths that he ministered and he preached. And uh, you will be blessed and ministered in a great way by listening to that and receiving the word. Matthew 15, verse 12, it says, Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Now, the last time I shared on this, we began to talk about the uh, nature of offense and living offended and what it will actually begin to produce within your life. Uh, one of the root problems within the scribes and the Pharisees, they had many problems, you know, obviously the religiosity, but one of the things that kept them from moving in to the fullness of the manifestation of the kingdom of God within their lives was the fact that they were offended at what Jesus was saying. And so there are negative things that begin to take place in anybody's lives whenever they begin to live in an offended manner. You know, you can choose every day of your life whether or not you're going to be offended by what somebody does or whether you're just going to move on and forgive them and release it and let it go. Amen. Would you look at somebody and say, sometimes <laughs> you just got to let it go. You know, say, let it go doesn't need to be a song in a Disney movie. It needs to be something that we practice every day of our lives, right? Because the reality is there's always things that are happening. How many of you just in the past week, and I'm not trying to bring this to your remembrance so much, but how many of you can say truthfully, at least one thing has been said to you by somebody that you may love or that might be close to you or even maybe a coworker that did not set well and had the potential of offending you? Did anybody have anything that take place? Don, you obviously he's shaking over there. He must have been something pretty big. All right. But, you know, the reality is all of us, we have things that happen all the time. And most of the time, the people that can offend us the most are the ones that we love the most, right? 
because, you know, the reality of somebody out here on the streets comes up to me and says something mean and nasty to me, you know, I just let that be water off a duck's back. You ever heard that phrase? You know, let it be water. That's what my mom and daddy always told me when I was growing up. Let it be water off a duck's back. And, you know, uh, and by the way, I shared this I, 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 with my, bro my brother growing up with him. I had to let a lot of things be water off a duck's back. And he probably did too. Had to let things had to be water off a duck's back, you know, with all of us growing, you know, with your family. There's all kind of things that can be said, all kind of things that can happen, and you have to allow, you know, those things not to get rooted on the inside of you and begin to live in an offended manner. Now, everybody can live offended if you want to. There is always something that you can be offended about, something you can be mad about, something you can be upset about. But I'm telling you that Jesus, what he taught us to do, is not to live in that manner. Look at somebody and say, that's not the way we're supposed to live. And so he also pointed out when you read this passage of scripture, you see Jesus begins to actually lay out and specify this is what happens because of offense. And we shared some of these things. And, and by the way, before I even share those things again, I'm going to go through them very quickly. But the word offense, it is the Greek word scandalon. And what it means is a trap or a snare. So I want you to get this. Whenever you take an offense or an offense is presented to you, it is the enemy's trap. It is his snare that he is wanting to use in order to imprison you. It is something that he desires to use in order to bring you into a place of captivity. And listen, I have never seen anybody that lives offended uh, that's not also living in captivity and bondage in some manner or some way within their life. My friend, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth living offended. It's not worth living bitter. It's not worth living angry because it keeps you out of the plan of God. It keeps you out of the blessings of God. And it actually causes you to forfeit a lot of what God desires to do within your life. And listen, what somebody did to me is not worth me forfeiting what God wants to bring into me. I'll say that again. What somebody did to me is not worth me forfeiting what God wants to do in me what God wants to do through me, what God wants to put within my hands. Listen, my friend, it's just not worth it. Look at somebody say, it's not worth it. Now, in saying that, I want to make sure that everybody understands uh, that doesn't mean that you have to go and live in a close relationship or put yourself in a position to be harmed by a person that has genuinely offended you or continues to do that. Does everybody understand that? We don't have to continue, but understand this. We can't live offended. We can't live angry. We can't live bitter. We can't live uh, with hatred in our heart. We have to learn to forgive, amen? And so Jesus specifies the things that begins to take place whenever people begin to walk in an offended manner. Whenever they walk in offense, then they get bitter. And the first thing that he says is that you become spiritually uprooted. And so whenever people live offended, they wander from place to place. Because I can guarantee you this, if you are at anywhere, whether it's a place of employment or, you know, it could be anything that you, that you want to name, but if you're at any place long enough, the reality is there's going to be opportunity for offense. And what happens is whenever you're easily offended, you become spiritually uprooted. You know, I've seen people, you know, they'll leave a church because somebody said something cross to them. But you know what? They'll go to their job every day of the week and have all kinds of things said to them, but they won't leave it. 
And how many of you know we don't need to be easily offended and carry our feelings around on our shoulders and just a chip on our shoulders waiting for somebody to knock it off, amen? But what happens is people become spiritually uprooted. Now, there's a time when God transplants people, but understand this. We should not be transplanted just because of an offense. There's got to be something, or there needs to be something more than that. Amen? And again, what happens a lot of times, the people I'm talking about, there's a history of broken relationships. And they go from person to person, from place to place, and are always finding fault with whatever is going on. And what happens is we miss out on divine connections that God has for our lives as a result. So Jesus said they become spiritually uprooted. The second thing is spiritual blindness. See, offense will blind you to the truth. It creates fabricated lies. I've seen people before become offended about something, sometimes become offended about something that didn't even happen. They, because they're living their lives looking through tinted glasses, they become easily offended many times about things that did not even happen. And so what happens is they walk blindly through life. And, uh, and they then begin to fabricate things that never even happen. Has anybody ever seen someone like that? They, you know, they take something small that may have happened, and the next thing you know, it is Mount Kilimanjaro, right? I mean, a little bitty molehill became this Mount Everest within their life because they're living with an offense. And they begin to fabricate stories and begin to make up in order to justify their own feelings. There's a, uh, I don't have time to really go into any uh, detail on this, but we've seen it happen before with folks. I've seen f somebody get upset about something, and the next thing you know, six months later, they're saying things that happened that, that never took place whatsoever. And how many of you know, we cannot live in that manner, amen? Look at somebody say, you can't live that way. See, offense causes one to see what is innocent as malicious. This is some good preaching, praise the Lord. The third thing is improper alignments. Jesus said it's the blind leading the blind. See, the last person on earth that a blind person needs leading them is another blind person. However, whenever people are blind, then what happens is the blind lead the blind. What does that mean? That means the blind offended person, they begin to talk to another blind offended person and they start going down the same path and they're going down the wrong direction. And my friend, God didn't call us and didn't, uh, he doesn't want us walking in that manner. Offended people find other offended people who rally together around their common offense and their common enemy. People are led by the wrong voice whenever they align improperly. I want everybody to hear this. You have to be very careful whenever you get upset about something, not to necessarily go to everybody else that's upset about something. Right? because they will usually only spur, uh, spur you on even all the more. So we have to be very careful about that. Now understand, uh, you've got to hear the balance of this. There is a time when, yes, something wrong was done, and there is a reason, there is a just cause. Here's a prime example, David facing Goliath. David said this, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to go out and do something about this? And so we have to understand and be able to discern what Goliath was done, doing. He was actually uh, defying the children of Israel, defying the God of Israel. And so David said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to do something about this? And so that's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about something very small that takes place, and the next thing you know, offended people are getting together, and they're beginning to talk among themselves, and the next thing you know, I mean, this little thing becomes a mountainous thing, okay? The, the next thing is ditch dwelling. Offended people live in a lower spiritual level. They place themselves in a place where the enemy can take advantage of them. This is what it says in Proverbs 18, 19. A 
brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Think about that. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. See, what happens whenever somebody gets offended and bitter, they actually imprison themselves behind the bars. Everybody else is on the outside looking in saying, what are you doing in there? And they are actually behind the bars of their own offense and their own bitterness. Again, my friend, it's just not worth it. God has something better for you. God has a higher level for you to live on. And so you, regardless of what somebody may have done to you personally, understand this. It is not worth you living in the ditch because of what somebody else did. Amen? Listen, I'm not going to live in the ditch. I said, I'm not going to live in the ditch. And I declared the name of Jesus, you're not going to live in the ditch. You know, I'm not saying that nobody did anything to you, but what I'm saying, it's, it's more important that you forgive, right, than you live in the ditch. And I will tell you, a lot of times I gave the story last week of something that happened to me many, many years ago, actually back in 1987, and how somebody had done something to me, and I had to forgive them, and it was very difficult to forgive them, and I went through the whole story, but this is what happened, you know, just about a month ago, the very person who did that showed up at the office and actually got down on a knee and said, I want you to forgive me for what I did. It, see, I'd already forgiven him 35 years ago, but listen, I want you to hear this. Ultimately, it's going to pan out. I said, ultimately, it's going to work out. You know what? I didn't live 35 years with bitterness in my heart. Praise God for that. I didn't live 35 years holding a grudge because the only person that would have been hurt if I would have held a grudge for 35 years is me. And listen, what he did is not worth me losing my destiny and the purpose that God has for my life. And what, listen, what God has for you is greater than what somebody else did to you. The purpose of God is greater. You've got a lot more to live for, and you don't need to be rehearsing the pain that you experienced because of something that happened to you five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago or even five minutes ago. Hopefully nobody had anything happen five minutes ago. But listen, it doesn't matter when it happened. It doesn't matter when it took place. It's not worth sacrificing your destiny. Listen, I am not going to put my destiny on the altar and burn it uh, on the altar called offense and bitterness. Amen? Now, I want this, this evening, though, I want to give you some practical principles to cause you to live offense-free. Practical principles to cause you to live offense-free. You don't have to live offended. You don't have to live angry. You don't have to live upset. And so this is the first one. Are you ready for this? Are y'all ready for this? You got to believe the best of everyone. Rather than believe that they meant something whenever they said in order to harm you, why don't you believe that they meant something good? Don't be touchy and be super sensitive. You ever been around somebody touchy and it's like, it doesn't matter what you say, they'd always take it negatively. You know, you could say the sky's blue. Were you talking about me? You know. And they always would receive it negative, like you meant something bad toward them. Paul said this, love is not touchy. What that means is love is not easily offended. Let me boil it down to this. When you're walking in love, you're not going to be easily offended. You know, one of the greatest indicators that your love walk is weak is if you're easily offended. If you get upset real easily and you, you know, uh, Anybody uh, ever watch cartoons growing up? Did anybody here ever watch any cartoons? Anybody remember Scrappy-Doo? 
Anybody remember Scrappy-Doo? And you're, does anybody remember in the cartoons how Scrappy-Doo was always, he's looking for a fight? And you ever met somebody, they're always looking for a fight. They're living with their dukes up. My friend, put your dukes down. Right? You got to put your dukes down. Look, you're not Mike Tyson. You're not Evander Holyfield. Put your dukes down. Okay? And what you need to learn to do is you live with open arms, not with dukes up. And so what I'm going to do is if you say something, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to believe the best of you, okay? I, I'm going to believe the best of every person, glory to God. I'm not going to be touchy. I'm not going to be uh, super sensitive. If you're touchy and everything blows you out of the water, then you need to work on your love walk because love is not touchy. Love is not easily offended. Remember this. This is what Paul said when he was writing to the church at Galatia. He said, faith works by Faith works by what? Y'all should know this. Faith works by? Everybody say love. Faith works by love. That means this. Hear this. If you're walking in a fence, you're not walking in love, which means your faith won't work. That means your faith will not have results. Your faith will not produce within your life. Let me say it another way. You're not going to see God move in your life if you're walking around offended and bitter at the same time. Amen? And so... Offense is an enemy of your faith. Bitterness is an enemy of your faith. It prohibits your faith from working the way that God designed it to work. And my friend, we need our faith to work. Did everybody say amen to that? Look at somebody say, you need your faith to work. So that means this, we got to rid ourselves of offense, rid ourselves of bitterness. Listen again, I want to make sure everybody understands. I am not in any way trying to minimize anything that's ever happened to you because every single one of us in here probably have a story, right? All of us have a story. I know some of your stories. You know, I know Jamie's story. And I know Ben, there was some really, really bad things done to him. You know, I, I, I know different, I know Gil's story, you know. I know my mom and daddy's story. They've told me. They came from broken families. They came from broken homes. You know, there were things that were done to them, you know, my family members and things like that. But listen, you can't live with bitterness in your life, in your heart. You can't live with offense and walk around and allow that to affect you for the remaining part of your life. Listen, your life has too much good things that God has for you. Amen? And so we have to walk in love, right? And by the way, you that are married, you certainly ought to know this, Right? You certainly should know this. You know, you got to really walk in love with your spouse. I'm not going to go there. How many of you have ever had your spouse say something to you that really hurts your feelings? Anybody? Okay. For you that didn't raise your hand, we'll have an invitation for liars at the end of the service. Or either you're not married, one or the other. <laughs> no. The reality is every single one of us, if you've been married more than a month, okay, you've had, you've had your spouse say stuff, right? How many of you have ever had the C word used? Change. <laughs> Some of y'all went places that it shouldn't have went. How many of you have ever had your spouse use the C word? You need to. Y'all looking at me like cows looking at a new game. What are you talking about? Listen, every single one of us have had our spouse. I, my wife, she's said it to me. <laughs> and I've said it to her too. You need to change. 
you know. And listen, we don't, whenever that's said, the reality is we don't jump up and down and go, yes, you're right. I need to change. No, we cock an attitude, right? See, nobody's being honest in this church, huh? We cocking at, what do you mean? I need to change. You looked in the mirror lately? Come on, right? But the reality is, you know, and we get, we get offended about that. Can't believe they said I need to change. I am God's gift to them. I am a blessing of the Lord to them. And they tell me I need to change. Lord, deliver me. See, we get offended, we get upset. By the way, I'll tell you this, every divorce always end with, starts with an offense and usually ends with an offense, okay? And that's the reason to see the enemy come in there. And by the way, sometimes there are things that are done by a partner, by a spouse, you know, within a marriage and that causes the offense. You know what? And it has to be dealt with. There's all kinds of things, but the reality is it is always an offense that actually starts it. And so what we have to realize, we have to realize that the offense is our enemy. Listen, just like sickness, disease, infirmity, lack, poverty, sin, all these things are your enemy, offense is your enemy. you got to look at it that way. You have to begin to see this. This is something that has come to rob, steal, kill, and destroy from me. Amen? And so you, have to, you can't live touchy. And in a marriage relationship, you can't live touchy. You can't live with your feelings on your shoulders. You can't live just expecting, you know, you know what, they're going to they're gonna say something today and I've got a chip on my shoulder and I just dare them to say anything about that. My friend, we cannot live in that manner, amen? Here's the next thing. Don't expect from others what you fail to practice. Am I getting too close to home tonight? Don't expect from others what you fail to practice. Years ago, my wife and I, we were walking in the mall, and we had, there was another family member with us. And just so you know, not my mom and dad, wasn't my brother. I'll just say it was another family, not any of my kids, but just another family member. So we're walking in the mall, and, you know, we passed by somebody that the family member knew. And whenever we passed by them, they, uh, she looked over at my wife and said, I can't believe it. They didn't even speak to me. Now, here's the problem. She didn't speak to them either. And so what, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. A lot of times what happens is we begin to expect of others what we ourselves are not even doing. And then we get offended and upset about people not doing to us what we ourselves are not doing. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And hear this, you can't expect from other people what you're not willing to give. You can't expect other people to do what you're not willing to do. Amen? What you fail to practice, don't hold other people accountable to, for that and then fail to practice yourself. That's called being hypocritical. Jesus said to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? If you want people to talk to you, then what? Do you need to do? You gotta talk to other people, right? You know, if you want somebody to love and appreciate you, then you gotta love and appreciate others. If you want somebody to listen, verbally affirm you, then you gotta verbally affirm some other people. Amen. You know, what a what a great world we would be living in if we started affirming one another. Amen. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. 
right? Thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. See, many times people are offended at others for what they failed to do. They didn't call me. Well, did you call them? They didn't send me an invitation. Well, did you send them one? Well, they didn't give me a gift. Well, question is, did you give them one? Okay? So we can't be offended and live angry and upset because people did not do something that we ourselves did not do. Let me tell you something that happened. You know, uh, this is uh, several years back, and there was a, kind of a thing that was going on nationally, and there was some debate and some, uh, uh, you know, controversial type situation and issue. And so we were waiting until, you know, the, all the evidence and truth was kind of in and there was a, a, a better picture of the story before we posted anything on Facebook. And so we waited a couple of days and didn't do anything immediate. Well, I, we had people, not people from our church, but people outside of our church begin to send ugly messages and post negative things, nasty things about me of all things and call me names because I didn't come out immediately on Facebook and say something about it. And so my, the, because I didn't do something that they thought that I should do, then the next thing you know, they begin to label me as this, that, and the other. And my friend, I want to just encourage everybody, don't do that. Don't be upset because of what you don't see somebody post on Facebook. But you know, Listen, we don't need to judge everybody based upon the posts that they make on Facebook, on social media. Can everybody say amen? And so what happened, you know, and, but anyway, I won't go through the whole story, but this is just how people jump to conclusions and they get offended today so easily. It seems like we live in a day where if people can be offended about anything, they get offended about just about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. And they'll begin to call you names, and it, it seems like that's become very popular today. If we don't like somebody, we call them a name. And listen, that is not the way that believers should act or respond or behave. Man, that's not the way that that's not what Jesus called us to do. Okay, so don't expect from others what you failed to practice. The next thing is walk in forgiveness. See, Jesus commanded us to forgive, regardless as to whether or not they ask for forgiveness or not. You don't wait for somebody to ask for forgiveness. You give forgiveness. Amen. Jesus said, "Whenever you stand praying, forgive." That's in Mark eleven twenty five. When you when you stand praying, forgive. Okay, and then he goes on to say, if you don't forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you of your trespasses. Let me say it like this, unforgiveness is sin. And it, it, listen, it is, the one, it is the one sin that God cannot forgive until you do something. And you have to forgive to be forgiven of the sin of unforgiveness. I hope you understand that. You forgive by faith. We talked about this last time. It is a deliberate act of your heart and will. It's not based upon what you feel at the moment. And I will tell you that many times, in order to forgive, you're not going to feel it immediately. Just because I say I forgive you doesn't mean I'm going to feel forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that you do, not something that you feel. Now, eventually your feelings will change, but you've got to understand that forgiveness is an act, not a feeling. Okay? Forgiveness is an act. Say that. Forgiveness is an act. It is not a feeling. But I will tell you this. The more you act, the more you forgive the more then you will feel, okay? And you'll feel right. Your heart will be corrected, okay? So you cannot forgive with your emotions. You forgive by faith, which will then affect your emotions. Here's the next principle. Y'all getting anything out of this? You gotta choose restoration over retribution or retaliation. Choose restoration over retribution or retaliation. Matthew 5, you can read that, verses 21 
let's read that. Verse 21, Matthew 5, 21. Y'all still with me tonight? Matthew 5, 21. Praise the Lord. It's coming here real soon. Somebody up there? Is there anybody up there? Is it, is it, okay. Matthew 5. Well, I'll read it to you. Matthew 5, and we'll start with verse, uh, there we go, praise the Lord. Not the right verse, but uh, we're getting there. Uh, Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 21. Well, praise the Lord, I'll read it. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. In other words, there's an offense. There's broken relationship, whatever it is. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. As surely I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Now, Jesus is addressing, when you read this in context, he's addressing the issue of anger to the point that somebody would get upset, would be offended, and it would literally lead to them doing something that they should not do. In other words, he was addressing issues that would cause people's emotions to take control of their lives in a negative manner. And what Jesus actually says here, what I want to focus on, is he tells you what the solution is to anger. He tells you what the solution is to offense. And what his solution to offense is this, go be reconciled. Everybody say, be reconciled. How many of you that are married have ever had to be reconciled? <laughs> now, when I say reconciled, I don't mean necessarily that your spouse left you or anything like that, but there was something that took place and you had to kiss and make up. That's another way of saying it. <laughs> I can't beat that, I'm telling you. <laughs> For you that didn't hear, he said, I love that. Praise the Lord. Uh, I think we probably all love that, don't we? Yeah. But the reality is you have to be reconciled. You know, and I found that most arguments that end up going for long periods of time, it's usually because there is somebody, if not both persons, within the disagreement that are trying to fight over whether or not they're right and trying to prove that they're right rather than be reconciled. Have you ever heard this phrase, a bulldog can whip a skunk, but sometimes it just ain't worth it? Right? I mean, a bulldog can whip a skunk. Yeah, that's right. But let me tell you what, it ain't worth the stink that you're going to come out of there with, right? And so you got to understand that sometimes, you know, this thing is like, and, and, I, and I'll just be total truthful and on, uh, you know, transparent with everybody. You know, Stacey and I, we've had a lot of disagreements throughout our marriage, throughout our lives. I, I, I've told you before, I've told the people, all of you that are members, if we can make a marriage work, I know you can. We're total opposites. We think differently. We're, we're programmed differently. Isn't it amazing how that God takes two opposites and puts them together? Isn't that wonderful? And by the way, God created it that way. God created it in that manner. 
And, the, and all those states and I, we were raised very similarly. We were raised, as far as from a spiritual perspective, we were raised in church. We were raised in a Pentecostal church. We were raised loving God. We were raised, you know, being filled with the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you what, you can be saved. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can prophesy. But I'm telling you what, you can still argue a lot too at the same time. And the reality is this, a lot of times there's the arguments that we would have because, again, we thought differently, you know, and it's, it can be about crazy stuff. It can be about what are we going to have for dinner? Has anybody argued before over what we're going to have for dinner? How about this? What restaurant are we going to go to? Okay. Listen, when in doubt, just go to rodeos, okay? <laughs> I'm just settling. I'm, I'm trying to help you out right now. Okay. When in doubt, just go to rodeos. All right? Just go down to rodeos. So next time y'all trying to decide where we're going to go, y'all just go to rodeos. Okay? I, listen, they got good food there, and they'll gladly take your money. Praise the Lord. All right? And, and see, that's settled. But the reality is I can't tell you how many times we were talking, what do you want, honey? I don't know. What do you want? I don't care. You know, what, 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 really, what do you want? It doesn't matter to me. Well, there's not a restaurant called It Doesn't Matter to Me. <laughs> and it goes from one thing, there's not a restaurant called I Don't Care. It goes from one thing to the other, and the next thing you know, it doesn't, I'm frustrated. You know, and the next thing you know, I'm turning the car around, we're going home. <laughs> I'm going to have a piece of bread. <laughs> Y'all laughing because it's happened to you, I know. It's happened to every one of us. And so it's these little bitty things that we begin to have these disagreements about. You know, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You read that scripture? I'll tell you what, I've seen the sun rise several times. <laughs> Going all night long. <laughs> I'm not talking about Lionel Richie go all night long. I'm talking about all night long. You know, particularly whenever we were young and immature. But, the re, but the, this is the reality. You can either press things to prove you're right, or you can say, you know, this thing is that, it's like this, little bitty molehill. And you know what? It's just not worth it. And you know what? Us being close together, us loving one another, us appreciating one another is more important. It's more important then what happened as far as deciding what restaurant? Burger King ain't worth it. Right? Listen, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm, try I'm trying to get real with you. These are the things that cause people to be offended. These are the things that causes people to be divided. There have been church splits before over what color the chairs were going to be in the church. This is no lie or the pews were going to be. There are people that have actually left churches based upon what color you're going to paint the walls. See, these kind of things, it's crazy. You know what? we got to learn to seek to be reconciled, not to be right. I would rather be reconciled than right. Are you all following what I'm saying? I don't need to be declared right. I want to be reconciled. Amen? So you have to choose restoration. Are you all still with me? The other individual will not be the one who suffers if we choose to hang on to an offense. We will be the one who is hurt. 
Offense causes you to relive the offense on a daily basis. You just begin to rehearse it in your mind, all these things, and you got to choose to be reconciled rather and, and to be restored rather than retribution and retaliation. Here's the last thing. Y'all still with me? Choose victory over defeat. Listen, every time there's an offense that is there for you to take, you can choose victory or you can choose defeat. It's up to you. You can choose it. You could make a decision. If we hang on to an offense, get angry, get upset, get bitter, we experience defeat and the enemy experiences a victory. Now, the only way we can quote, thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph, but if we're walking around in bitterness, I'm telling you, that's not going to cause us to walk in victory. We have to make a decision that we're not going to live bitter. We have to make a decision. I'm choosing victory over defeat. I'm choosing to be reconciled rather than be declared right. If you want to live in victory, you got to choose to live free from offense. My friend, that is the only way. That is the only way that you can live in victory is to live free from being offended and living in an offended manner. It's just not worth it. Would you look at somebody and say, it's just not worth it. See, God has so much for each and every one of us. God has so much he wants to release within our lives. But what happens whenever we begin to walk in bitterness, we end up forfeiting what God has for us. Absalom is a great example. I think I shared it last time. But Absalom's rebellion was rooted in offense and bitterness. And rather than getting over the offense, rather than moving beyond his anger, beyond his offense with both his brother and his father, instead he let that brew on the inside of him to the point that he led a rebellion. But listen, ultimately it caused him to forfeit everything that God had for him. He forfeited everything. You see, I said this last time, it bears to be repeated. The Absalom spirit that many have labeled those who walk in rebellion, they've, they've labeled them many times when the Absalom spirit, but understand this, it is always rooted somewhere in offense and bitterness. They got offended, they got bitter, then they began to walk in rebellion. You show me a child usually that's walking in some measure of rebellion, it's because somewhere there's some bitterness that's there. Somewhere there's offense. Somewhere there's unforgiveness. And listen, we have to make a decision as parents and also just as, as, as men and women of God. We are going to live an example to others to follow, for our children to follow, and for other people to follow, that we are going to live offense-free. I'm not going to walk in offense. How many of you tonight would say, I am not going to live in an offended manner. I'm not going to walk in offense. Would you stand to your feet? See, you got to make a decision. I'm not saying it's easy because I'll tell you, uh, it, it's a lot easier to quote the word and quote scripture than it is to live offense-free. You know, anybody can say, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Anybody can say, my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, right? And, see, any of us can say those and quote those scriptures. But you know what? It really requires a disciplined life for us to walk in a manner that we don't live offended. And you know what? There was a time in my life I'd seem like, I, you know, I always got offended. I was super sensitive and, and touchy and, you know, things like that. And uh, you know what? I had to learn to get over that. I had to learn to get over my feelings and my emotions of the moment. I had to learn to move beyond it. 
in order to walk in victory. So how many of you just say, I'm doing it today? Come on, just lift your hands right now. And we want to make these declarations tonight. I want you to pray with this with me right now. In the name of Jesus, I make a declaration today that I am going to live free from offense. I choose today to the be believe the best of everyone. I will not be touchy. I will not be super sensitive. I choose today to not expect from others what I myself fail to practice. I choose today to do unto others as I would have them do unto me. I choose today to walk in forgiveness. I will not walk in unforgiveness. I will not live in bitterness. I choose today restoration over retribution and retaliation. I long to be reconciled rather than be declared right. I choose victory over defeat in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a praise tonight? Come on, give him a praise tonight. Hallelujah. Now listen, we, we pray. It's, it's very important that we make declarations. It's very important that we declare the word. It's very, very important that we come into agreement with the word. But understand this. You have to make a decision whenever you walk out that you're going to live this out. Because again, what I just led you in, well, that's a declaration of faith. But whenever you go out there, that's whenever you're going to be faced with some things. And that's whenever you have to make the decision. You know what? I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to do what's right, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what's taking place all around me, regardless of what somebody does. And, I, and listen, I'm, I'll tell you this, and this is not a negative confession over anybody or negative declaration, but you know what? The chances are probably something might happen to you tomorrow. And go ahead and make a decision that regardless of what happens, I'm going to walk in love. How many say I'm going to walk in love? Come on. Say, I'm going to walk in love. See, that's what we're commanded to do. We're going to walk in love. We're going to walk in love. We're not going to walk easily offended. We're not going to live super sensitive. We're not just going to live with a chip on our shoulder waiting for somebody to knock it off. We don't live in that manner. We're going to walk in the love of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe that? Can you give the Lord a hand of praise? Hallelujah. We're going to have some teams that are here this evening. If you need prayer tonight, if you need anybody to pray for you, we're going to have some teams that are here to minister to you. I want you to know we love you and we bless you. By the way, Pastor Joshua, he will be here Sunday. I, I'm going to be here Sunday. We're going to, we're going to have a great time. I'm going to be ministering on uh, on, uh, on the, the power of Thanksgiving and, uh, and how that Thanksgiving brings you deliverance. Praise God. If you need to be delivered, if you need to be set free, or you know somebody that needs to be delivered, or you just want to stay set free, praise God, and come this coming Sunday morning. It's going to be great. We're going to have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Lord, I bless your people now. In the name of Jesus, I declare the head and not the tail above and not beneath. I thank you, Lord, for your abundant increase within their life. Lord God, I declare that everything that they touch succeeds and prospers. I break the powers of hell over their lives in Jesus' name. I declare, Lord God, that you, you remove sickness and disease disease and infirmity from the midst of them in Jesus mighty name amen and amen praise God don't forget next Wednesday we're not going to be having a service but also next Tuesday everybody go to rodeos and go eat this next next Tuesday uh, your your dinner plans have already been decided praise God so you don't have to fuss about that on Tuesday go to rodeos and eat at rodeos on Tuesday sometime love y'all God bless you everybody have a wonderful evening we'll see you on Sunday praise God
Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.